Jane Jenks. You may know me from Greek myth comics, where I make stickmen act out the ancient Greek myths and epic poems for the benefit of students and mythology nerds like myself. Or you may not. Either way, here I am to rant at you about classical topics and trivia. While I do make YouTube videos to explain the ideas and culture behind the literature and mythology in depth, Ancient Geek is more of a mini-adventure into an idea that I, my students, or you, the listener, feel passionately about. And will also be an exercise in something I don't do well, brevity. To kick off this little escapade, I'm going to tell you about my least favourite character of Ancient Greek epic. Or maybe that should be my favourite character, as I love to hate him. That's right, it's the start of both a comic and a very long video rant I made about him based on that comic, Alexandros of Troy. You don't recognise the name? That's because he normally goes by his nickname, Paris, which some seem to think means baggage, referring to the story of his exposure on Mount Ida as a baby, after being prophesied in a dream his mother Hecuba has to be the downfall of the city, and his subsequent rescue and placing in a bag by a shepherd who raises him as his own until he realises his birthright and goes back to Troy to be a prince. However, the true meaning of the word is unknown, and that is a rant for another day, as it might not even be Greek at all. Alexandros, however, does in fact mean defender of men, which is either a very official regal name given to him at birth, or it's possibly a name given to him due to his spiffing conduct against wolves as a brave shepherd. Although seeing as no other story really has him pegged as a brave anything, that might be pushing it. In Homer's Iliad, which is my main source for this rant, the names are used interchangeably, although Alexandros is actually used about four times more than the name Paris. And it could be down to several reasons. It could be that they actually mean similar things and so are interchangeably used. Or it could be that they actually mean opposing things. He's a prince, so you have to be nice about him. But at the same time, he's so annoying. So maybe you have an extra name for when he's just so annoying. Or, and this is possibly the most realistic reason, the different length names are used at different times because the poem was originally composed in poetic metre, in this case, dactylic hexameter, and the different names fit in different lines where convenient. If you want to know more about that, have a read of Shakespeare's less perfect lines of iambic pentameter where the rhymes don't quite work and he shortens words as he likes and you'll get the gist. <laughs> And look at that, I have rabbit holed once already. That was the rabbit hole klaxon, which I shall play to myself whenever I need to remind myself to get to the point. So let's indeed get back to the point, which is why Paris is so annoying. First of all, he has no honour. Why are the Greeks fighting Troy? Because Paris broke the xenia of his host Menelaus and stole his wife. Um, and the second point, he is downright cowardly and I would say actually also a bit stupid. He challenges the Greeks to a duel, shouting the equivalent of come and have a go if you think you're hard enough while wearing a leopard skin, which is a hunting trophy. He also has a bow and arrow. These are for hunting. These are not actually for, you know, hand-to-hand -hand fighting. And then he's somehow surprised when the man whose wife he stole, Menelaus, actually takes him up on the offer. And then he hides. He tries to disappear. Um... Then we realise, number three, he's ill-equipped. 
Once he is accepting of this duel, or rather he is made to accept it by Hector, but he tries to kind of pass it off as like his idea, so obviously I'm going to do it. He then has to borrow armour for it. And he borrows armour from his brother Lycaon, his corselet, because suddenly leopard skin might not actually save him in this. You have to ask, what was he expecting? Was he expecting everyone to go, wow, he's so fine and he has this leopard skin. I could never go up against him. He's clearly way better than me. And then for he is undistinguished in battle. His performance in the duel is so bad, he only survives, it seems, due to Menelaus' sword breaking, which is a pretty much a fluke. Um, apparently, bronze can be, you know, very, very brittle, but still. Aphrodite then breaks the neck strap of Paris's helmet that Menelaus is using to drag Paris across the battlefield back to the Greek lines. So he manages to get away. I don't know, Aphrodite breaking it. It breaks, basically, right. But the fact that Aphrodite is his patron god is also kind of a, an embarrassment. Because, you know, he's a soldier at this point. He's a warrior. He's meant to be, at least, anyway. And Aphrodite is the goddess of love. Your patron god is really a metaphor for what you are most famous for and what you are most interested in. For example, Odysseus, his patron god is Athene, goddess of wisdom. I don't really have to lay it out for you much further than that. He has also no shame. Aphrodite rescues him from the battlefield and poor old Hector is just left there. Aphrodite wraps Paris in apparently a mist and spirits him away and his brother Hector is looking around going, where is Paris? And he promises the Greeks, we're not hiding him. Seriously, we, we just wouldn't. He's so embarrassed. And after being deposited back in his bedroom by Aphrodite, you'd think, oh my God, what am I doing here? I should go back. I need to defend my honour. Those are the things that should be going through his mind. But they're not. He's like, oh, my wife's here, referring to Helen. Let's have sex. He makes no effort to get back to the battlefield. No effort at all. No effort to remove the shame of his leaving it mid-battle. And not only that, he tries to say, well, you know, I lost this time, but I'll win next time. And that's after they made a sacred vow, which was blessed with a sacrifice that whoever won, whoever won would get Helen and would give up the war and go home. And he's completely flying in the face of that. He's absolutely flagrant. And Helen really doesn't want to sleep with him. Helen's a very interesting character in the Iliad, but again, around for another time. And frankly, he is just really, really, really annoying. Anytime he is criticised, and um, in quite a few translations of the text, those criticisms are things like strange man, which means man who has no idea what his priorities really should be. Or woman-crazed seducer. Yeah, that one's pretty straightforward. Um, good for nothing but looks. Again, pretty straightforward. I will talk another time about, you know, why it's important to be quite well-rounded as a, an ancient Greek hero. However, he will accept that criticism and laugh it off. Say, oh, yes, you're right, but you know, it's not really fair to criticise my looks. I was given them by Aphrodite. So, you know, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. And don't you just want to punch him in his smug, little, self-satisfied face? And finally... And this is a point which is so important. He's really rubbish at archery. I don't know where he got that leopard skin from. Frankly, I think he found a dead leopard and brought it home. <laughs> because um, 
you know, I'm sure some would like to think he actually meant to hit Achilles in the only spot that can kill him ankle. I, again, I will talk about that another time. But there is a precedent. In book 11, he ruins Diomedes' run of killing. Diomedes, great Greek hero, pretty much second only to Achilles himself, by shooting him in the instep. <laughs> he shoots him from a great distance whilst hiding behind a gravestone, a steely, a grave marker, and he still only hits him in the foot. He jumps up and goes, wow, I hit you. I kind of hit you in the foot when I was aiming for your chest, but hey, I hit you anyway. And Armides is so, well, he's rather deflated and really quite annoyed that this is how he goes out. And he pulls the arrow out of his foot and limps off back to the Greek camp in order to have it looked at. And if you need more than that, there's this in the Iliad. Helen hates him. She might have fancied him once. She's massively regretting it now. His brother Hector, who is the most honourable man in the Iliad, also hates him and is just incredibly, incredibly embarrassed that this man has to be important in his life. And you can't even feel sorry for Paris. You know, yes, okay, it's not his fault he's so beautiful that every woman apparently launches herself at him. Apparently that's why he's got himself in this mess. Because he genuinely doesn't notice that everyone hates him. That's pretty sad, actually. No, it's not. No, no sympathy, no sympathy at all. If you're still with me by this point, well done. And if you liked it, Please be sure to come back next time I get on my high classics horse about something and attempt to, to dissect it in under 10 minutes. If you're on Twitter or Instagram, come find me as Greek Myth Comics. And for a more visual set of ancient Greek inspired stimuli, go to GreekMythComics.com. Oh, I feel so much better. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.